Hey everybody, this is Luke. And I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown, recording from HPC Studios. Live, not so much anymore, but... It's very cozy. It's really cozy in here. And humid. Oh, I'm loving it. Me too. Do you want to feel my hands? I'm cold still. I'm still very cold. Cold hands, warm heart. Hey, thank you, brother. That means a lot. (laughs) This is always one of those seasons where I'm like, I... I do cherish the fall weather because I can wear all my sweaters, but when I've worn my sweaters 150 times throughout the fall and winter, and we're right on the precipice, the cusp of summer, I'm like, Mm. I don't want to be in between. Give me something warm. Yep. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. So you look nice and fresh with your haircut. I know nobody can see it, but I wanted to say it. Ah, thank you. I uh, I found- And you're fresh from your vacation. Yeah, I had a great time, man. Just stealing away uh, a couple of days with Jennifer few days with the kids and it was a lot of fun that's good and we hope all of you have had a wonderful vacation i know for everybody who was enjoying the april break with kids and family some people just take it off go traveling it's Mm. awesome yeah it's always nice and we hope uh none of you were very disappointed last week that there was no breakdown but uh the message by pastor shane lima was amazing so good 10 out of 10 oh yeah (laughs) if we are judging over here so pastor shane make sure you hear that we want you to come back yeah we sure do and again i think you and i are still relatively new enough to have not seen pastor shane here um but he preaches and leads a church at my uh hometown where i'm born and raised in Pawtucket. so that was very heartfelt for me it was Mm. great to hear uh his delivery and man let's not bury those talents yeah what i had um what stood out to me from that message uh, was, uh, you know, as a kid, when you hear the the one talent, the yeah. the five, and the you know, and the and the two or whatever, um, my brain was thinking like one dollar, yes, five dollars, but it's, one talent was like years and years wages, sixteen so, years of wages. So even the the guy who it looks what? like he only gets a little bit, he actually got a lot, a lot. See, and I think that that's where that that understanding is important. So when Pastor Shane was saying, hey, yeah, $5, $2, $1, that's how we all grew yeah. up with it. Those of us who grew up with that story. And uh, now nah, I was so good to hear that 16 years worth of wages. Right, you can't put this in your pocket. No, you can't. So burying it took Whoa. a lot of effort. That took a lot of effort. Okay, I see where yeah. you're going. So that was really good. I, I sat on that for the entire week. And of course, just his presentation, how animated he was and awesome and in between the services, somebody bringing him. Was that you? Did you bring him the Sour Patch Kids? No, was, I did not. Okay. No. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. You saw that, right? I heard about it. Okay. Yeah. So second service, somebody ended up bringing him the Sour Patch Kids, which was really funny. But yes, Pastor Shane, we want you to come back. We love you. We're grateful for you. It's always good to hear um, from some different people mm-hmm. in the region. So truly wonderful. And we're as refreshed as we are coming into Sunday, um, still, again, hoping that people, hoping that you are plugged into a greenhouse and growing and spending some time connecting with people. Um, One of the things I heard on Sunday and talking with John, uh, he runs a greenhouse in the region, and he was saying how they were using the message and the breakdown. Super helpful because maybe people don't know, Luke, that was the original vision that you had. Before we had greenhouses, you had this idea that people would be using the breakdown for the study. Yeah. And and even if you're not using this breakdown specifically... It's that we get together in groups and talk about the message. Yes. So this um, breakdown is like a model. Yep. It's uh, good, yeah. Man. Feel free to jump off of our thoughts. Yeah. But understand that you know if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and the Holy Spirit is teaching you and wants to use the words that are brought to us on Sunday. 
It's so good. And that's kind of what you and I will model before we get on the mic. And and I think this came about because you were saying there's so much that can be packed into a Sunday. There's so many points. A lot of times it's not one element or nugget of truth that we're walking away from. And so it's important to meditate on this throughout the week and say, okay, Lord, with all of these points, how do I flesh it out? And what does it mean for me personally? And then how how is that working for me in this community, mm. this body? Mm. Right. And, and you know, when we listen to a message one time, uh, there's, there can be things that stand out t- to us, mm-hmm. maybe uh, something that really rings true. And then maybe the, an area where, oh, I'm not so sure about that. Or how come when I hear that, I feel some discomfort. Yeah. Those are areas that we can explore with the Holy Spirit, with other believers to try to hash this out and mm-hmm. wonder, is there something in me that needs to change? Um, or is this... You know, like what, what does the Lord want to do with that? Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, getting into that conversation is actually super helpful. So again, glad to hear that this breakdown and Pastor Zach's messages are being used. Absolutely. But as you have shared, That's hey, fantastic. listen, spend some time in your greenhouse going through each week's message. Because again, we have often felt like there's a lot to meditate on during the week. And I have found mm-hmm. myself over the past couple of years, like really mulling over the message throughout the week and what it actually means. And that brings us into this past Sunday where Pastor Zach was bringing us to Second Chronicles 11, just kind of contrasting Jeroboam, Rehoboam, and man, just some history that was really hard for me to kind of wrap my head around before, way before Sunday. I really struggled with the divided kingdom. It was mm. one of the concepts I didn't understand how after God spent so much time getting these 12 tribes getting them into the land, how it could just be 10 and two. Like, and then it's like that for a long time. I'm like, this is amazing. I don't understand it. And Pastor Zach, again, did not have time to go into that on Sunday, but just contextually understanding that it was really a direct response to Solomon's sin, that he was, his heart was led astray by these women of foreign gods. Mm. And as a result, it cost the kingdom. And I know that Pastor Zach did not have time to get into that on Sunday, but when you read that in Second Samuel and Chronicles, you begin to see, man, everything that we do has a bigger impact than just us personally. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to emphasize um, what God's heart was for the people of Israel initially. Mm, mm-hmm. um, yep. It was that they would be led by him. So they <laughs> yeah. had, you know, they had the temple. Yeah. Everything was was focused around 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 the tabernacle. The tabernacle moving, at moving, the time. Yeah, sorry, yep, not good. the temple. The temple comes after, um, but the tabernacle moving around, and then also then they would have judges that the Lord would raise up to judge. Mm. Um, but the idea was that the judge spoke for the Lord. Yeah. But then the people said, "Hey, we we really just want a king. Yeah. Like, why can't we be like all the other kingdoms? Yep. We want a king." And I think there is that place in in our hearts where yeah. Satan hijacks that, and he's like, "Hey, you are different from people. You're not blending in enough. Mm. Like, why don't?" And and then it can awaken these desires where it's like, "I want to be like everybody else. You know, like how close can I look like the world without actually being the world? Yeah. yeah. How can we have a king and still <laughs> and still be the people of God? But yeah. at least we can have a king, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's what happens. And then the Lord still mercifully, like you were talking about this before, he still works with them. Yeah, he does. God will always work. And I think Pastor Zach was, I get confused sometimes with our staff meeting, if Pastor Zach is communicating. What what's in my head? Is it from our staff meeting or is it from what he shared on the pulpit? Because sometimes they're very similar and uh, it was just so good. But I believe he was communicating on Sunday 
that God will work with our weakness. He will, even our frailty, our foolishness, our our mistakes, our humanity, even if we take all the other things aside, God will work with our humanity and somehow it brings him glory to do so. So if we are putting the restraints on and we are putting the limitations on and saying, hey, give us a king, make us like everybody else. God says, okay, all right, here's what's going to happen. We see that through the prophet Samuel, the seer Samuel. Okay, you're asking for a king, but you need to understand what it's going to cost you. These are what the things, oh yeah, sure, just give it to us anyway. Right, and that, and I think that's that's the thing is like, yeah, God works with them, but He's still not saying that it's okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of it, it, it's it's very fine tuned there. Well, it may not know? it may not be His best and greatest desire. God had that desire that they would be exactly where we are now. First Peter two right. nine, a kingdom of priests. Right, right. He wants us to have that place of self governance. We have the Spirit of God inside of us. We are able, you know. To walk right. with the Lord and be a priest before him. So that's awesome. There's there's so much in that. And again, that's why right. I think Pastor Zach could not get into it a lot on Sunday, but where he brought us, and I, I, I see right now uh, sort of a needle and thread and sewing all these pieces together. You were saying Sunday had a lot of elements. Yeah, I felt like Sunday's message was like uh, a million messages in one. Yes. Like you could, uh, you know, for the teachers, yeah, I think. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Like there's, for each one point that yes. he brings up, I'm like, there's like another 10 points. There's like, uh, how are we going to clarify this? Like, you know, <laughs> supporting, yeah. you know, support these points. That's why I but see. There was a lot there. There, There is. Yeah. And and I say, you know, hey, listen, if I, and, I, and I'll be wrong, that's okay, but I see this needle kind of sewing all this together. And and really what it boils down to is that one resounding theme. I, I talked to a couple different people uh, about their takeaway on Sunday, and they just said, hey, this was my takeaway. This was my takeaway. And it was funny. It was great. It was good. Uh, not funny in a sense, but it was funny to me because I was like, man, my takeaway was the resounding go home. Mm-hmm. That To me, it's like it's all there. Go home. That is the focus. If you think about the way the Lord has been leading us as a church over these past three years. Over the past three years, in my observation, every year has had this theme. Every year has had this prophetic apostolic focus to where we are now, where there's this thrust, there's this push of the Lord opening up the doors evangelistically. And in order for that to happen, we have to make sure that home is in order. Right. And and this is where, um, you know, the Lord working with Rehoboam and then Rehoboam obeying the Lord, you know, he steps out because he's, he wants to protect this kingdom. He wants to see it unified. And, and from a fleshly standpoint, it's perfectly reasonable because it's, you know, his father Solomon had brought the kingdom into this golden age. Yeah. Um, his grandfather, David, King David, um, you know, sought, the, sought the Lord. Um, and then was it purpose in his heart to have this temple built for the Lord. Yeah. Solomon builds the temple. So Rehoboam's like, I got to keep this thing together. <laughs> but, but God's heart says, no, this, this division is, is. from, is from me. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's, it's a calling back to God's, which is why I brought it up before with God's original heart. It wasn't that there would be this physical kingdom. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a spiritual kingdom. Yeah. And so this division um, highlighted that we are to be seeking after the Lord and not, so focused on the physical. It's really good that you bring this up, Luke. And, and there's a number of reasons why, like you said, we could go a hundred different directions. And I think the first thing right off the bat is just because God has done it this way in the past does not mean that that is how he's going to do it exactly 
today. You see three generations. Rehoboam is the one we're dealing with, Solomon, his father, and then David before him. And even Pastor Zach brought in Saul, King Saul. But what you have in these three biological generations is the Lord revealing himself in three different ways. And and God taught them individually how to work with him in that time frame. And you see it with Moses and Joshua. Moses had a mantle of responsibility and authority that God used to bring the children of of Israel out of Egypt and even how to be sustained 40 years in the desert. But that mantle changed at the death of Moses. And there was a new mantle and a new type of authority and leadership for Joshua to bring militarily this group into the promised land. And so what's required and you see it, you see it. God reveals himself to each new generation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not, hey, I'm the God of your fathers, and I'm speaking to you today, and this is how I want to do it. So it comes back to that place of we have to be willing to say, okay, Lord, I know that you say, you're the one that says, hey, behold, I do a new thing. I'm bringing a path into the wilderness. I'm bringing a stream into the desert. And I think we have to be right there in that posture that we'd be willing to say, Lord, just because you've done it this way in the past, we're open. We're open for how you want to do it today. Right, right. And I, I think it's also important to remember, you know, um, because some people I think can take that and go, run with that. I figured to the point gonna, yeah, the, where, you know, so, you know, just in case people are, you know, concerned, like, because you will encounter this where people are like, oh, well, God's a, he's, he's new today. So like we can do whatever you know, we feel that he's revealing to me that, okay, it is okay for two men to get married. Right. It's okay for, right. you know, like it's okay for your child to want to transition to the other gender. Right. No, we're, we're not saying That's that. That's right. We're not. It's not that. It's just that God, so God is the same yesterday and today and forever. And his laws don't change. His moral code doesn't change. That's his right. heart doesn't change. Yep. But he works with us um, in real time. And different situations call for different, some, some different prescriptions. And that's where it's, we have to walk with the spirit and listen and know like what's his heart in this situation and then obey. And then obey. So I love that you right. brought that up because as I'm sharing that, I'm like, yep, this can totally be misconstrued. Yeah. We're not moving away from God's moral law, his no, moral compass. No. He absolutely is the standard Correct. of Correct. righteousness. He's yep. made that clear. If we start from that as the baseline, then how God gets to what he wants yes. may change over time. And it's, it's, an, it's incumbent upon us as the follower of Christ to submit ourselves to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I'm open mm-hmm. for how you want to do it. And I think that that's the thing that you see. And, and this specifically rings true to me because I was talking with uh, a pastor once and he was saying to me that in the studies they show you have these churches that last for 40, 50, 100 years or whatever. And one thing that just kind of proves over the timeline is that if a church does not go back and seek the Lord by that 25th year, like, God, we fall into this is how it's done. This yeah. is how we've always done it. This is the way we're going to continue to do it instead of really <laughs> leaning into the Lord for what he has. Like you said, God's moral character, none of that's going to no, change. No, it doesn't. Yeah. His righteousness right. doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The standard is there. But how God wants to get to his desired end, because keep in mind, we don't always know, just like I think about Rehoboam, we don't always know. We know elements of how things are going right. to turn out, but we don't know the full picture. No. We don't have it all understood. Right. And, and, and Zach brought up how it's, it's our flesh. Yeah. Like, you, we have the vision, yep. but there's still that flesh piece involved. Mm. And that's usually where it's, okay, I have to be open to the Lord dealing with my flesh 
in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about Abraham and Sarah. You know, the oh, yeah. Lord reveals himself to Abraham <laughs> yeah. and he's like, you are going to have a son. Yeah. And then from you, I'm going to have all these, you know, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. You're going to have so many descendants. And he and Sarah, are they never, they're like, we're waiting years. Like, yeah. how come she's not having this child? Oh, she's past her prime. Like, where, how is this going to happen? And then they try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so when Zach's talking about, you know, our flesh getting involved with the vision, that's a good picture of what that looks like. Yeah. So the Lord placed something in your heart, but you have to be obedient to, to allow him to guide you through that process and not try to force feed something or because you can make things happen. Yep. They made things happen. Yep. She had, uh, she gave Abraham her, her, her maidservant and she has Ishmael. Right. And that blessing on Abraham for his descendants also falls true for Ishmael, mm-hmm. but in a completely disastrous outcome. Yeah, yeah. And how important it is, you know, to, to really take when God is speaking something to us or God wants to do something that we do bring it back to him. And I do think what you see is while Abram, Abraham, Sarah made those mistakes early on, what I do love is that we get to this point where the promised son is here. And Abram just yes. trusts the Lord. Yes. And he says, you know what? God is requiring this as a sacrifice. I'm going to bring up my son. We're going to do this. Being fully confident mm-hmm. that if God had to, he would raise him from the right. dead. Right. And I firmly believe that we all have to have those Isaac moments where God mm-hmm. has given us a vision and then he requires it back. Are you going to lay that down? Why? Because if you go to the flesh piece, we're chasing yes. after that vision with our flesh. That's we good. desire something. Oh, we're going to make it happen. God, or God's taking too long. Maybe he's waiting on me. And it is this delicate walk. And God is so merciful and mm-hmm. gracious and patient, right. man. And I think Even we, when we, can't, muddy it. we can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. We cannot emphasize that enough. Because I, I think especially for those of us who really desire to, to serve the Lord. Oh, yeah. When we hear a message like this, it can sometimes, you know, Satan can use that to make you feel guilty for a mistake that yeah. you know you made. And it's like, oh, I acted in my flesh there. So now I'm reaping all these consequences. Well, the Lord is bigger than those mistakes. He's bigger than all of those consequences. And he will always win. Yes. God will win. Yes. It's awesome. That heart surrendered, a broken and a contrite heart, he won't despise. But if we become stiff-necked and proud, then that's not going to work, you know? So that heart of humility really is awesome. Yeah. That's so good. You know, and this piece here, I think that if we come back to, again, I see this thread, I see this needle sewing all these little individual pieces together where we kind of started with Rehoboam seeking after something. Oh, I've got to hold this together. How many times do we do that in our own lives? I've got to keep this thing going. The idea of the family business, maybe a church, whatever it may be. I have to do this. I have to. It's on me to do this. How many times have I felt that? Oh, man. Even raising my kids, even loving my wife. Oh, I, I've been given these things. I have to know. No, it just I don't know how to do these things. God, you show me. What a beautiful place mm-hmm. to come to. So we move from Rehoboam now understanding from the Lord, hey, I'm not going to push up against this. This is of God. So now what does he do? This was this just rocked my world, man. It was awesome. Yeah. It rocked my socks. I'm like, yes. So he turns and goes back, builds up cities, sets up the cities, fortifies the strongholds. Even just the terminology there and Pastor Zach breaking that down to a stronghold is already strong. But what Rehoboam does is he fortifies it. You know what's ironic? Not, you know what's funny for those who know their Bible history? You're looking at Rehoboam, who when he first comes to power, just makes some really bad decisions. 
he just goes with the, the consultation of his friends rather than the elders of Israel. And this is part of where a lot of this gets precipitated. But here we see, and I love that Pastor Zach was communicating this on Sunday. Hey, listen, yep, there's some things, there's some really bad choices and bad mistakes that we make trying to go after God and doing the right thing. But we do it wrong and we miss the mark. Nevertheless, where there are some very good things that we are doing and can continue to do. And I think every person, every leader has to look back over the course, wherever you are in your timeline, like do not allow the enemy to rehearse all those bad decisions. What we Mm. jumped into on Sunday was a really good decision by Rehoboam. But the scripture also records some really poor decisions by Rehoboam. So don't allow the enemy to run that re- that reel, that video right. reel in your mind of like, see where you did it here, see mm-hmm. where you messed up, see oh, where you yes. messed up. Oh yes. And you were sharing that a few moments ago, but yeah. as we as we move into like, okay, well, what can I do? As he begins to pull away from trying to hold this thing together, and he begins to strengthen and fortify these cities. Right, and and you know, uh, Pastor Zach used that as a jumping off point to talk about how. Um, we should be fortifying our homes mm-hmm. and we should, you know, our ministry should begin at home. Um, and, and I think that's something for all of us to really meditate on where it's, you know, cause it's easy for us to want to get away from the problems that we have at home. Cause mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of tension there. There's a lot of loaded relationships there <laughs> with our family members. Um, and sometimes it's just easier, I think, to feel like, okay, I'll get involved in ministry, but ministry is at church or yeah. it's with people at church. Yeah. But home mm. is where we have, a, a, those are our closest relationships. Yeah. And we should be stewarding those relationships. Boom. I think, you know, this is, uh, you know, just to go back to, sh- uh, to Pastor Shane's message, that's something that the Lord has given you, those relationships. We need to know, Lord, how do I steward this? How do I what you're doing in me, how does that affect this relationship? What am I supposed to be doing here with my children, with my family? And then I would even add in your workplace. Mm. Um, that's also kind of like your family. Like that's probably those are the next group of people that you spend the most amount of time with, unless you work at a church. Right. You know, but which most of us don't. Right. Very true. I, I love this idea and how important it is, not just an idea, but really a biblical principle. I mean, when Paul is writing to Timothy and Titus and he's saying, hey, If somebody wants to be a bishop, which is an overseer, if somebody wants to be a deacon, if somebody wants to be a leader, you know, an elder, this is what their life should look like. Hey, they should be the husband of one wife. They should be sober. They should have a sober mind. They should have their house in order. And one of the things that I really, really struggled with as a young minister, and in case we forget, I do want to get to this, how Pastor Zach communicates on Sunday to us all, like we're all in full-time ministry. It's a really important concept. Because we are. We are. We are. And this is what we teach at School of the Spirit, too. So when I found out these things, were, he was the same. I'm like, yes, this yes. is so good. But as a young minister, I really struggled with this because I thought my house had to be perfect in order to be in order. Oh, yeah. I no, was so no. hung up for oh, a no. long time. This is a learn as you go, get healed as you go sort of thing. <laughs> but it's, it's the point. And so for anybody who is you know pursuing whatever it is that the Lord has for you, do not get hung up on... My house has to be perfect in order to be in order. It just needs to be in order. You know, you think about the aligning of a back from a chiropractor. You know, you are going to get aligned, but you have to strengthen the muscles surrounding that have been weakened in order for that alignment to keep. Right. So it's like, okay, so we need some strengthening here. It doesn't mean that we're waiting for a POA. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, there is an 
there's a, a, a heavy dose of understanding that has to be, you know, emphasized here too, where it's, you know, the Lord understands that you're dealing with other people. Yeah. Other people have free will, just yeah. as you have free will. So <clears throat> you could be doing everything right. You could be obedient in that relationship, but because of rebellion or stubbornness or, or just, you know, a misalignment in the other person and their relationship with the Lord and you, things might not work. But the Lord will honor your faithfulness. Because again, what, what, is, what are we told to do? Do everything as unto the Lord yeah. and not for people. Yeah. Oh, man. This is so good. It's so powerful. I'm just like soaking it in all right now yeah, again. It's amazing. So coming to this place of, okay, well, Pastor Zach really, you know, very pointedly a couple of times has said, that's it. I am speaking, not that's it, but I am speaking right now directly to the priests. We're starting with you. We're starting with you, men. We're starting with you, husbands. We're starting with you, fathers. Oh, it was so refreshing. Mm. It was so refreshing yeah. to be there and to say, yes, yeah. this is what church is about. This is where we should be coming. Everybody else wants to indoctrinate. The culture of yes. the world wants to indoctrinate yes. and tell me and my family who we're supposed to be. Yep. But God has said, this is who we right. are. And this is the way we're going to make it happen. Yep. Yep. And when we submit to God's order. Yes. That's, that's what it really comes back to. Yes. And I've got to say this because I think I've said this to you, whether on the mic or off the mic, I tell people all the time in, in premarital or marital counseling or just getting together, I don't claim to know. I say it in front of my wife. I don't claim to know how to love my wife. 16 years of marriage next week. I don't claim to know how to love her. Wow. The secret that we operate is, and I will pray it right there with her ears open and eyes open. I come before the Lord as we pray in the morning saying, God, I, I don't know how to love this woman today. But, and that's not, I'm not saying it in a bad right. way. There's no, yeah. there's no remark or chideness. Nope. Nope. It's like, God, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it requires, right. but you do. It's a posture of humility. Yeah. Yeah. So and Lord, if willingness I, to be taught. Yeah. So if I stay with you, Lord, John 15 and abide with you, we're going to bear much fruit in this relationship, in this spousal relationship. I think the mistake happens when we do the Rehoboam. I've got to hold this together. I've been given the spouse. I've got to hold this. I'm going to muscle through. Yeah. Yeah. No. Dic I'm going to dictate my way through. <laughs> I don't know anything. How to love a wife, how to raise kids. It is all with the Lord. And I'm telling you, I used to want to read all the books and understand and, and get it all down. And it's just daily with the Lord. Right. Give us this day. Mm -hmm. Since you, this was your class last night, mm -hmm. give us this day yes, our daily bread. Yes, it was. Yeah. And the Lord will always provide. He will always answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, you know, these elements of bringing it in from the household, and then we see this really the fortification of the structure with the shields and kind of some funny things that were going on there at the end of Pastor Zach's message, bringing it to, a, you know, the, <laughs> the, I keep thinking about Y2K and surviving oh, all these yeah, things. Yeah. And it's like, a <laughs> well, 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 see, here's the thing. What happens in, what happens in, in the, in the, the passage? So when, when Rehoboam does this, yeah. all of the other Levites, like they, and the priests, they find their way yes. to Judah. Yeah. Even those from the other half of the kingdom, mm -hmm. they come. So when order is present, yeah. when we're carrying, when, we're, when we are stewarding yep. what the Lord is telling us to steward, it creates a place of life and safety. Yes. And other people see that. You know, Jesus says, let your, get your light shine before men that they would see your good deeds mm -hmm. and glorify your Father in heaven. When we are obedient to the Lord and living the way he calls us to, yeah. people take notice of that. So good. 
It's really important. And, and, and whether that's physically right. storing things up in your home, you know, or whether it's like, I know for me, I know the proverb says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Mm. And my parents have modeled that for me. And I, I think that's the big thing, but I get it financially. Right. What I want to make sure of is part of what my dad fought for is that we would leave a spiritual inheritance yes. for our yeah. children and grandchildren as well. Right. Because everything comes out of that. It does. It does. And how important it is to make sure that we have not just stockpiles of wealth or we have provision. I do like, I will say, I was very, very grateful for, I've been seeing something, you know, for a little while that it is quite possible. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to say that, but I think what we're going to see is that it, it's important that we do learn to work with the community of believers. We're not sure how long we're going to have all these privileges and, and we can't be dependent upon every socioeconomic system of the world. I think that was the nutshell of that point was that we cannot be moving with every up and down of the market or whatever it may be economically or socially we have to get our marching orders and our stability from the Lord and his body. And this is actually where we learn to receive from one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's got to be from that. And, and I think that's where I was leaning into the storehouse element, which is great. So Yeah, well, well, which, is, which is important. I, I do think that a lot of these things play out very practically yes. and physically. Yes. That, that's the idea. It's not that you have physical and then spiritual. No, nope. it's, it's spiritual that then leads right. to actions in the physical. So good. Um, so yeah, if if the Lord, if if you're if you're feeling prompted to stockpile certain medical supplies or or food, then then you do that, and and the Lord's going to use that for mm-hmm. a purpose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You go right back to kind of the the ode to Genesis that Pastor Zach was kind of winking at on Sunday with Joseph and the storing up in those seven right. years in preparation for the seven years of famine. So God speaks to his people mm-hmm. and he's revealing things. So we got to pay attention, you know? Right. So I would say to say, as we kind of sew this whole thing up and bring it all together, coming to this place of, we haven't done this in a while, but talking to John about how they've been using the breakdown, kind of coming with some practical insights or questions today and say, okay, you know, how am I just, if I just think about one element, the main focus of Pastor Zach's message on Sunday was bring it home, go home. Maybe I need to think about the relationships in under my roof, in my house. If I'm married, number one, covenant relationship, spouse, okay? Where am I with the Lord? Where am I with my spouse? What does that look like? Number two, the children that have come from that covenant relationship. And if there's no spouse and there's no children, hey, maybe you're living at home with other family members or friends you're doing life yep. with. What does our home look like? Right. Are we really modeling and, and walking in love and community with one another? Mm. Amen. So how about you? Any final remarks from you today, Mr. Luke? No, this sounds amazing. I think we're just all really excited to be back together yes. and see what happens on Sunday. All right. Looking forward to it. Well, hey, listen, uh, check out a greenhouse near you. It was really cool to bump into somebody and kind of bring them to a greenhouse a couple of weeks ago and show them on the map. It was awesome. So if you go and you, if you just scan, if you come to church and you go to the lobby where the greenhouses are, you can scan that little QR code there and they can tell you if it's open or not. That's awesome. So it's really cool. Well, hey, I'll pray us out today. Father, we thank you for the time that you've given uh, Luke and I to share these thoughts and to come back together and just rehearse the message, talk about your goodness and see that single thread through all things, whether we see it in full or not all the time, you're good. You're faithful. You're awesome. You are the Lord. You change not. You are the same yesterday, today, forever. 
you will be exalted among the nations. And so we just pause and we sit and we hold ourselves with hands up, trusting you. Father, we pray for every household represented that's hearing today. We thank you for husbands loving their wives the way that Christ loved the church. We thank you for wives honoring and submitting to their husbands as unto the Lord. We thank you for children rising up and calling their parents blessed. We thank you for fathers who are not provoking children to wrath, uh, but they're training them in the nurture and admonition of you, God. And we just give it all to you and trust you that you would be glorified in your body. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm Luke. And I'm Kurt. And that's that's the the breakdown. breakdown.